Hi, this is Patty Davis. I'm a psychic intuitive and medium coming to you from Humboldt County in Northern California. And I'm Judea, a psychic intuitive energy healer coming to you from the island of Kauai. And together we are Spirit Speakers Podcast, where we meet to discuss a variety of topics from two different psychic vantage points. Hi, and welcome. This is Patty. Hey, Jude. Hi, Patty. I'm excited to cover this topic. I think it's long overdue. We are going to be speaking about sound healing, which is my specialty. But I wanted to first say thank you to everybody who reached out to Patty or I through uh, Instagram or our personal web pages about how much you really enjoyed that last podcast, which is really encouraging and awesome for us to know that what we're doing and what we're saying and this effort we're putting in is being heard and received and it resonates and it's bringing peace and calm and serenity to people who are out there struggling, trying to figure out what the bleep is happening in the world. It really made us feel good. And that was a more challenging topic for us to cover. And as you know, there were some parts of it that were uncomfortable for us to share. And we do plan on being a little bit more bold in future episodes. As it comes up, we will probably know now that we don't always need to filter or hold back what we want to say. But having said that, it's also very difficult for us to come out the gate super hot like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're going to have some mellow episodes in between, but uh, we are going to be excited for the very next episode after this one, which is going to be our listener participation. So we're going to be opening up an opportunity for our listeners to send in their paranormal stories. So we have a tradition of doing ghost stories every year for Halloween in Salwin. And last year we opened it up to the listeners to share their personal ghost stories. And we absolutely loved it. We loved hearing the experiences of our listeners. And then of course, Patty and I chimed in with our opinions of what we felt around those particular stories. So this year we're doing the same thing, but we're going to open it up to all paranormal experiences. So that's going to be ghost stories, near-death experiences, aliens, fairies, you know, auras, orbs, whatever, whatever was unusual and strange. And if you have a great story to share you can go to Spirit Speakers Podcast and there is going to be an entry form where you can record your own audio on your phone and just send that audio file through our website. And we will review all of those stories and choose the best ones. Send that into us and we will fit in as many as we can. And Patty and I will personally respond to the story and give you all our insights and opinions around your experience. So I think that's going to be really fun. But for now, what we're going to be doing is sound healing, which is my specialty. I'm excited to dive in. Patty, I'm going to hand it back over to you. Hey, Jude. Yes, I personally, and I know you have too, in addition to getting messages on the last podcast episode through Spirit Speakers, you and I both have gotten a lot of texts and private messages about it, and it's been super fun. And I have actually gotten several messages that were kind of like, well, that episode was amazing, but what the hell, you were a cop. So um, I thought I would just tell you that story a little bit, diving in a little more personal here. When I was 20, I packed up my car, moved from California to Colorado, and I got a job as a 911 dispatcher in the little town of Vail. Maybe some of you have skied there. 
So two positions opened up for police officers and a lot of the police officers there started kind of needling me that I should go out for it, that I should try to get the job. And then it ended up being a dare. So on a dare, I applied for the police officer position, one of the positions, and I made it through the first round of interviews. And I thought, oh, they're just being nice since I already work for the department. And then I made it through the physical fitness test. And then I made it through the psychological test. And then they offered me the job. And I said, no way. That's not, not my jam. And then I was 21 at the time. Then they mentioned the pay scale and benefits and the time off and all that stuff. And I said, Oh, okay, I'll do it. So that's how I became a cop. I had actually never shot a gun in my life. All of the guys came out to make fun of me. They said they were there to support me, but they were totally there to make fun of me. And the very first time I shot, I was certified as a sharpshooter, which is absolutely hilarious. (laughs) You (laughs) shot that good. I shot that good. Like they had to show me how to hold the gun. And I qualified as a sharpshooter the very first time I ever shot, which was hilarious. So I was a police officer in Vail, Colorado. Another reason why I took the job is it had a free ski pass for about a year and a half. It it wasn't my thing and I didn't do it very long, but that's how that came about. And it's just so funny because we've gotten so many comments and then I've gotten several comments about that. So that was when I was 21 for about a year and a half there. All right. And then one other thing I wanted to mention is that Jude and I are starting to look at 2023 and what we are going to be doing together, and then also what we're going to be doing independently. So this would be a really good time if you're interested to hear what's happening in the future to get on our individual mailing lists through Align and Shine, Kauai.com, and through Wing and Ether.com or pdavispsychic.com so that you can get the information on what we're going to be putting out in 2023 as far as readings, retreats, classes, sound healing, traveling, etc. All right, so let's dive into sound healing. I'm so excited to be discussing this with Jude today because it's no secret how I feel about her sound healings. She has a special gift with this, and I'm really excited to hear how she describes her healing when she's doing sound healings and have her share that with us. So sound healing. Sound healing is the intentional use of voices and or sounds to activate wellness. Sound has the ability to shift and actually change our brain state. It has an effect on our brain waves. And we all know how music can manipulate our moods and how some lower frequencies can trigger such emotions as melancholy, sadness, or even anger, while other higher vibrations can energize us or bring about positivity and happiness and bring our moods up. Now, sound waves can also trigger alignment balancing and healing within our bodies. And what's super interesting, what I've recently read is that sound frequencies actually travel much faster through water than they do with air. So since we humans are made up of 70% water, it makes perfect sense what a strong impact sound waves can have on us as it's traveling through the water in our bodies. Now, sound therapy or sound healing can also resync our own vibrations. If we have a vibrational frequency that is out of sync, 
a simple sound healing or sound bath can actually reset that and realign that. It can open up our chi or our life force energy. It can help balance, align, and activate our chakra system. It can bring about harmony, resilience, gratitude, awareness, um, focus, compassion, relaxation, positivity. It can help reduce pain. It can help heal us. And also it can help us drop into a meditative state and have a stronger connection with spirit and reach higher consciousness. There are some people that really like to meditate with sound and that helps them go deeper. It also interacts with our biofield or our aura. Now our biofield is that electromagnetic field that radiates off of us, goes out about eight feet. So some people believe that our aura and our biomagnetic field are one and the same. Some believe that our aura lives within our biomagnetic field. However, they are able to look at our energy field while we are getting a sound healing, while we are listening to different types of sound and see how it has such a great effect on us. So I'm super excited to dive in, Jude, and hear your thoughts on this because I personally have had amazing positive sound healings. And then I've had really bad sound healings, which I felt were kind of detrimental to my well-being. So this isn't just where somebody buys the instruments and, and puts it out there. There is a deeper connection to spirit, I'm guessing here, and an understanding of music to begin with that I think or I'm guessing would have a huge difference or a huge impact on how somebody is offering sound healing. So first of all, do you agree with everything I said, or is there anything that you want to add? No, I totally vibe with everything that you said. Yeah. There's something to be said for people who have a greater understanding of sound and the science of it and are composers of music. Certainly, I think that would give somebody a little bit more of an advantage when it comes to working with sound as a healing modality, but that's not absolutely necessary. At the end of the day, intention is the most important thing, in my opinion, when it comes to sound healing. So even if you're somebody who's not classically trained and knows all the things, if you can hold a good container and you have a strong intention in what you're doing, that is more beneficial to somebody who has all the glitz and the glam and this very sort of ego driven collection of glorious instruments and they're there just to show off that's not going to give you the same quality as somebody who's very humble and could have some homemade instruments or one instrument it's really about the energy that the facilitator the healer is holding in working with the sound now i really love working with sound because sound i see is this bridgeway it's something that we experience but we don't see it so it's sort of this in between this metaphysical realm of unseeing and this physical realm of seeing you know something tangible and sound is this beautiful like sort of texture that exists between those two spaces and this is why i think it's a really great bridgeway for holding our intention holding the unseen and bringing it into the scene, the tangible world. And then also, you know, sound is vibration. Sound is all created from, from movement at a very subtle level that we can't see, but how fast something moves or how slow something moves, given a high sound or a low sound. And there is science that backs up that specific frequencies, specific vibrations hold very specific patterns or have a specific impact in the physical realm, the physical world. And uh, it's just fascinating. And I feel like there's so much that I still don't know and understand about sound, but uh, I've dedicated a, a good 
amount of time studying it, both just in practice and, and actually diving into the books and like figuring out how this all actually works. Now, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. Being a musician, when you are doing a sound healing, are you looking at it? And I know you're tapped in with spirit and spirits guiding you and you're setting a strong healing intention. Are you also looking at it through a musician's eyes to make sure that you, you know, make the crescendo and you follow through all the notes in order, or is that just something that you naturally do because you can't help yourself? Well, there's two purposes to that. Yes. One of them is my natural sense of like, what sounds good? What progression of notes feels good? How does that make me feel? You know, when we're talking about major chords or minor chords, you know, major chords are a little bit more uplifting and bright where minor chords can be a little bit more somber and deep and they can kind of uh, ignite a different type of emotion. Well, we've taken that same idea, that same concept that musicians and composers use, and we bring this into sound healing. But there's also an understanding of different harmonies. And what harmonies are, are a combination of any two notes on a scale. And there are 12 notes on the scale. So all music that's ever been created is essentially made from 12 notes that repeat over and over again up various octaves. And what a harmony is, is a combination of two notes. So in sound healing, we have something called the perfect fifth. And the perfect fifth is basically if you choose any note on any scale and you move seven semitones up the scale, for example, if you start with the note C and you go up seven notes, which would be C sharp, D, D sharp, E, F, F sharp, G would be the seventh note. So a C and a G create a perfect fifth. And you can basically pick any note on a scale and play seven semitones up and have a perfect fifth. And the perfect fifth is known to be the most sort of soothing, harmonious, pleasant, spiritually lifting, clearing, meditative, calming, soothing combination of notes. And then you also have, you know, a harmony of the fourth, which would be five semitones up. So starting with the C, that would be five notes up, which would be C sharp, D, D sharp, E, F, F, and C together would be a harmony of the fourth, which is also very pleasant, but it's slightly different because if you were to measure the sound waves between those two notes, the more in alignment and the more they flow, the more harmonious it is. And as those sound waves change, they tend to start to compete with each other. So when you get very close to the original root C note, and if you play a C next to a C sharp or a C and a D, the waves are competing against each other. And when you play those two notes together, it can actually sound unpleasant. It can, can sound out of tune. Or if you play them out like two crystal singing bowls and you play two notes very close to each other, you get a wobble, like wah, 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 wah. And that in itself, that, even though sometimes not always the pleasant thing to listen to, is used in sound healing to help break up energy. So it's sort of like a, a pulsing or a thrusting that's moving through your energy field and it helps break up stagnant energy. So it has its use and its purpose, whereas those very beautiful harmonies of the fifth can be used to help relax people and help open things up and soothe things. So these different um, combinations, be it dissonant, which would be notes close to each other or harmonies, which are a little bit spread apart, 
uh, have its purpose. And when it comes to volume and octave, you know, volume being sort of like the crescendos, am I playing this super loud or am I playing it very soft? And it's really about like, well, what is the mood that I'm trying to create? Do I want people to feel really settled and very inward or do I want people to feel more excited and open and, and empowered with that louder music? Or if I playing something in a very, very high octave, like bar chimes are very, very, very high octave, whereas my crystal singing bowls, I can get down into very low octaves and they can be these very low hums. The material of the instrument can also make a difference. A metal is going to sound a lot different than wood, which will sound a lot different than like crystal or glass, you know? So all these components and materials also hold their own vibration and frequency. And so when we play these instruments, we're amplifying the quality of their material vibration in addition to what the actual vibration of the sound is, in addition to the intention that is being held by the practitioner towards uh, the person receiving. So choosing a combination of instruments, materials, octaves, whether I play it loud or soft, what harmonies or dissonant combinations am I using are all very thoughtfully made in order to create the sound healing experience that I wanna create for people. So Jude, when you're offering a sound healing or a sound bath, is this something that you have previously composed or are, are you being intuitively guided or is it a little bit of a combination? It's a combination, actually. It's not always the same. Sometimes it's really what floats my mood on that particular day or something that I'm called to. You know, it, it'll be weird. Like sometimes I'll come in and I feel this kind of like hankering to play one instrument that I haven't played. And I don't really know what my client's going to be needing actually when they come in, but I'll come into my studio feeling like, oh, I should tune up that instrument. And, or, you know, I'll, I'll for some reason play that one a couple of times when I get in and I realize that it is the thing that my client needs. And then I'm really happy that I had tuned up that instrument and it was ready to be played for them specifically. So a lot of it is intuition. And sometimes I can feel like, oh, maybe I'm like predetermining, but maybe it is an intuitive, like a premonition of what I'm going to need. And I'm just kind of following whatever the vibe is telling me that I'm attracted to this instrument right now. And lo and behold, it was the instrument that was needed. Uh, sometimes I pre-compose music. Sometimes I feel called to make a background track of music that I will play my sound healing instruments to. And then I'll have like a multiple number of these background tracks that I would play that might have like drums or mantras or something else, because I'm a one person show. Like I am one person. I can only play one instrument at a time. So I'll compose and create these background tracks to play a different sequence of instruments that I play live in addition to that during my sound baths. And I have a variety of them that I've created. Now I have been doing that one less and less, but it's something that, you know, it's a matter of trying to find the time to sort of channel in like a beautiful orchestrated sound bath that is like a good overall for everybody. It's like, oh, this one's really great for opening the heart, or I would do this backing track for people who really need grounding or people who need more protection. And so I have these sort of pre-composed ones. More often than not, I will have somebody come in, I will give them an energy assessment. I will see where the energy is more stubborn and I will work with instruments specifically within that area. And I'll choose instruments according to what I feel like they need. Can you go through the list of what notes are associated with which chakras for us? 
there's different schools of thought and it depends on where you're getting your information from or what path you want to take. And I also want to say like, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Cause as I said, intention is everything. It does not matter what note, what scale, what instrument and what chakra you're working on. You can utilize anything, but a general understanding. And I believe that there is truth in this because you have so many people across the world, all practicing it in the same way. So we are adding to this kind of collective understanding that certain sounds are going to be associated with certain chakras. So if we go up the scale, starting at C, any C note, and it would be C, D, E, F, G, A, B, and then it reroutes back to C and there's sharps and flats in between there. But in general, uh, the scale is consisted of those notes. So root chakra being the root one base chakra would be a C note. Sacral second chakra would be D. Solar plexus would be E. Heart would be F. Throat G. Third eye A. Crown chakra B. And then it cycles through again. And so obviously in between all of the chakras, now we, we know that there's a space between chakras, secondary chakras, middle chakras, however we want to say it. And a lot of times those sharp notes we call them sharps or flats. So the notes in between would be good for those in between chakras. Very cool. Now, I know that you and I are very sensitive beings and we are highly affected by, like we talked about our experiences with breath work and we are both highly affected by sound waves. As I've said before, I've had amazing, really healing sound baths. And then I've been to some that I felt caused imbalances or actually made me feel physically and energetically ill afterwards. So like, for example, we had Jenna come, Jenna was on our breath work episode. She came to our retreat that we put on recently and you and I were able to sit and actually watch the people and how they were being affected physically and energetically during this breath work. And it was fascinating. It was so amazing to watch. And you could see how breathwork had such a huge effect on, on everybody that was present. Now, sound healing, when you are doing a sound healing, are you aware of that? Are you watching your audience? Are you picking up on the energy from either the individual that you're playing for or the group that you're playing for? And have you seen anybody have a strong physical reaction from sound healing? Like we have seen people have to breathwork. Oh yeah. I just literally got done with the client. <laughs> had a very strong reaction really? to the sound. Oh yeah. But it's, it's different for everybody. You got to think like some people are very clamored up and closed off and very rigid. And some people are super open and they just don't even know how to work with these gifts and these energies that they have. And I tend to notice that people who are very open and empathic and intuitive or psychic are very receptive to sound because they they feel those vibrations at such a, a deeper level where people who tend to be a little bit more clamored up and rigid, they don't feel as much. It's not that it's not going to have an effect, but yeah, as a facilitator of the sound, I can totally tell when somebody's receiving the sound or when they're more resistant. Like I can feel where I sort of have to massage in the sound and eventually I'll feel something break through. Or sometimes I'll be working on somebody with sound and I'll be like, nope, they're just not willing or wanting to let this go. And then I can feel immediately when somebody's like, yes, take it, open it up, oh. let it all do what it's supposed to be doing. And I also notice, by the way, the instruments actually play. 
some clients will come in and the instruments will be like, like they'll be like, for example, a tuning fork. It usually has a long tone that rings out for quite a while. And if I'm working on somebody that has a lot of blockages in their energy field, the tuning fork will stuff down really quickly. It won't ring out. And then there are people that I hardly have to touch that tuning fork and it'll ring so clear and for so long. And there's no rhyme or reason that I am playing it any different because I will strike that same tuning fork 10, 20 times while I'm working on somebody and consistently it always sounds like that. And then the next client, it'll be like the tuning fork suddenly doesn't work. You know, it works. I understand why it's happening. It's because the density in their energy field, it's like those sound vibrations aren't able to move through the space as clearly in collective group sound baths, like in reference to when we had watched the breath work, when I'm playing instruments, it's very difficult for me to try to create the music because I play guitar and I sing and I'm doing all kinds of things, uh, multiple instruments. And that takes up and occupies a lot of my energy and attention. So it's very hard to pay attention to everybody. But what I do during some of my sound baths is I always try to take a break in between songs and take an instrument out into the crowd and bring these instruments closer into people's energy field. And that is when I have the opportunity to see how the sound is affecting them, where they're at energetically. It's really cool because especially in a crowd, if you have 20, 30, 40 people or more, you're walking from one person to the next and to see the contrast of one aura to the next aura and everybody holding their own different field of energy. It's just so interesting. And to like walk by somebody that you can feel like, oh, it's really struggling with certain things to the person right next to them that are so blown open. And it's just so bright and luminous and you know, yeah, I've seen people struggle. I've seen people sobbing and crying and curled up in a ball. I've seen people had to get up and walk out and take a few breaths before they walk back in. You know, it's really individual and it's totally what people are ready for and open for. So yes, I do see all that. That's fascinating. So early in our friendship and our careers, I had a reading with you and you used tuning forks on me. And I have a hard time receiving. And the whole time I was like, what is she doing? What's happening right now? What is with these tuning forks? Anyway, afterwards you described to me what you were doing and um, you helped me purchase my own set of tuning forks. And I was blown away because I could sense a difference using them as a practitioner so clearly where, like you said, they will ring or they will not ring or they won't ring. And then all of a sudden when that client opens up or the energy moves or shifts, it'll start ringing. And for me, I, I kind of work them in a circle and it'll feel like I'm, you know, pushing through mud. And then all of a sudden, ah, it shifts. Totally. And for me, yeah. And while I'm using them, I get a lot of information and psychic hits, but it was fascinating to be on the other side and to be utilizing it as a tool. And also, you know, I have so many clients that sit up and are dizzy or lightheaded. So I ask them to get up very slowly or to take a moment and people really feel that and really feel that shift from it. It's just so, so fascinating. So I can imagine being on your end where you're doing this regularly, all that you must be picking up and all the information that you must receive from it. I love using the sound, especially the tuning forks. So I have the same tuning forks that I've had forever. They weren't the nicest high quality tuning forks. Like nowadays, if you look up sound healing instruments, there's like it, it's become this whole industry and there's a lot of places you can go to and a lot of companies that are making different things. And it's really fun because I've been in this for so long and finally seeing like, you know, almost 
yearly, there's just new instruments, new companies, new offerings. And, uh, I've been tempted so many times to get like these nice, very high quality kind of bougie looking <laughs> tuning forks. And I can't do it because I have so much energy invested with this very humble first set that I had and I've used other sets and they just, they don't, they don't work the same, man. Like these ones are, have a history. They have like a personality and a spirit inside of them almost that are helping me. So yeah, I love using them because I can feel the vibration coming off the forks and it amplifies what I'm able to feel in somebody's energy field. It's like, I'm feeling it more directly. I don't really know how to describe it more than that. Yeah. I have the same set that you have because you turned me on to that. And it's really interesting because they all look pretty good, except my crown chakra fork, my crown chakra fork is almost black. It is tarnished and, and it's got like these odd, weird, like weird. black streaks and marbling it's kind of cool. I need to meditate on that and ask some time. So after you turned me on to the tuning forks that I started using for clients, I also started using them on myself. And so I will use them to open up my third eye. If I'm having trouble connecting with spirit or to open my crown, or if I have an ailment, I'll use it as a healing. And that's a whole nother experience to be actually using it on yourself for self-healing because you're giving and receiving kind of at the same time. Do you do that? Do you use instruments on yourself for self-healing? All the time. In fact, I'm almost like everybody should own a set of tuning forks. Like, I don't know. I Somebody asked me the other day, it was yesterday or the day before a friend came into the studio and, you know, I have all my instruments and she's like, what is your most prized possession in here? And I like looked around. I was like, "Whoa, that's a good question. Cause I have a lot of nice expensive yeah. stuff in here, you know? And I was like, okay, so basically you're saying the building is burning down and I can come in and grab one thing. What would it be? And I was like, I would grab that set of tuning forks, Wow, you know? And it's probably in all actuality, the least like monetarily like expensive thing. I have some stuff that is like over a thousand dollars, you know, just for one instrument, you'd be shocked at how expensive some of these instruments can get. But, um, I would grab those tuning forks just for the sentimental value of them. And not only that, you can take them anywhere. They're practically indestructible. You can bang them around. They drop them like they're fine. You can take them everywhere and they're small and compact and easy to travel with. And, you know, they're great. They're just an all around fantastic instrument. And if you weren't going to have a whole set, I'm like, how does everybody not at least have one? Yeah. I, I have the set, the chakra set, and then I have the planetary set and I have a couple others, but I always go back to the chakra set. It's the one I use primarily. Now, is that the first instrument that you had that you started using for um, healing? Actually, I was a big drummer. I loved to drum with like Dijembe and, you know, bongos and congas and stuff like that. But I had a Dijembe drum. I discovered the drum way early on in my spiritual awakening. And I found that I had this like insanely natural knack to playing it like awesomely. And I don't want to like boast about it, but I actually play the drum pretty dang good <laughs> where I definitely had people be like, how do you do that? You sound like three people playing a drum, you know, I'm just playing one drum, but I discovered some sort of channel that I had uh, in playing the drum and being able to make these really beautiful rhythms and getting all these tones and sounds and highs and lows out of the drum. And I could make a drum sound like many people were playing it and I could hold these beautiful beats. And I noticed that there was like this channel. It was like this first time I had ever felt that I wasn't there 
do you know what I mean? It was, it was a current. It was the first time I ever had an awareness that there was some sort of energy that was flowing, that was beyond me. And it was coming out through the drum and that was super healing. And I know it was super healing for everybody else that could hear it too, because I saw a woman who couldn't even walk, get up and dance when I was playing the drum. And then when oh. I stopped playing it, yeah, she looked at me like, oh my God, I haven't stood and danced and forever, you know, not, she wasn't paralyzed, but she had some sort of like, you know, back and hip issues and the drumming was allowing her when I played to get up and she felt good. But if I didn't play the drum, she couldn't do it, you know? So I had these moments in discovering the healing power of, of the rhythm and the drum. But as far as working with instruments for healing chakras and energy and really having an understanding of it, my very first instrument was the tuning forks. And I've told the story before, but real quickly, I was going through a terrible depression and a lot of things were not good in my internal space. And this woman walked by me and she rang a tuning fork in my ear as she was walking by me. She said nothing, total stranger. And it felt like my heart had unhinged and like this trap door had opened and all of this energy came flooding out. And I knew it was like this heavy, like muddy, icky, yucky energy. And I just felt it pour out, like dump out of my heart, all in a matter of like five seconds of a tuning fork going past my ear. And it was so intense that it nearly knocked me down. I, I like fell over like dizzy woozy and caught my breath and immediately felt 10 tons lighter five seconds of a tuning fork. I went and chased this woman down. I said, Oh my gosh, what was that? I said, you spilled my heart. You spilled my heart. And she said, this tuning fork is tuned to the heart chakra. And I, and that was the very first time I was like, chakra, what the heck is that? <laughs> you know? And because she said heart and I was like, you spilled my heart. And she's saying heart chakra. And she's like, yeah, there's chakras. And this was the heart chakra sound. And and she rang it in my ear a few times. And I just, I thought it was the most incredible, like soothing, peaceful. It, was, it like drowned it out everything else that was going on, the chatter in my head to just tune into this sound and feel almost instantly just good and centered. And so I basically immediately looked up tuning forks and I saw that there was these different chakra sets. Now there's two different types of chakra sets. There's the chakra set that is on the scale c d e f g a b and then high note c uh they call that the oversoul c scale that you can get tuning forks in and then there's the planetary so they have different tunings and they kind of jump up and low and down and up and that's more subtle energies for the chakras. And that's the set that I use. I got a planetary set and that's known more for working with the more subtle. And then the, the actual scale is not to say that it's more physical, but the planetary is known to work with those really, really subtle, like spiritual energies. And that's just the set that I started off with. I do have the traditional scales and I do use those too in addition, but I always start every client since the day one that I even started doing this, I always run through the planetary set with everybody. And I probably will till the end of time. <laughs> like That's just what, that's my process. Wow. That's so interesting. So, you know, another interesting little factoid here is that tuning forks used for healing, energetic and physical healing have only been in place since like 1977, mm -hmm. which is fascinating. They, they haven't been around that long. This is a newer thing. And they've discovered that either using a tuning fork and touching the body with it, or even just playing it and having it be near the body can have a profound 
shift. Now, can you explain to people the difference in the the forks, how they look and how you use them, the forks that are used to actually touch the body with that have those little doodads on that, that helps it hold the vibration compared to those that are used more for working near the body rather than touching it? Yeah, you'll see some tuning forks that just like look like a, a fork, like two prongs with a little handle. And those are unweighted. And then the weighted tuning forks have these discs that are kind of attached to the end of the forks. And the discs, what they do is create a stronger vibration. So there's actual physical vibration that's much stronger, but the discs also mute the tonal vibration. So you're not going to hear them as much externally, unless you hold it right up to your ear. You have to hold it very close to your ear to hear the actual tone, but you're going to feel the physical vibration on a weighted tuning fork. The other tuning forks, you will hear them, you know, away from the ear or to the ear, but they're not really as great as holding to the physical body and sending that vibration through the, you know, your musculature, you know, through the physical body. But uh, they're great for waving around the body. So working within that subtle field of energy outside of the physical body. So there are so many, I think I own, I don't know, 50 tuning forks um, ranging from very super teeny tiny, which are like, they call them angelic tuners. They're super, super high frequency to ones that are so big. And like, I have one that's like a foot or longer weighted. You can't hear it at all. And it's a very slow, like almost thudding vibration. Like you could almost count every single time that thing is vibrating. So they're all used for different ways and different things. I personally do not like being touched with the fork, the sensation of it against my body. uh, It almost like makes me clench up or block it. Mm -hmm. I, I personally like it much better and receive much better from it being, being close rather than touching. Do you find that, that some people prefer one or the other, or is, is it just me? No, I think that with every instrument, some people prefer certain instruments more than others. I have my personal preference to what I like and what I don't like. And even within a, like a sound bath, you're going to notice that some people love the gongs and some people just despise them. They just, it just struck the wrong chord for them. And it's hard to please everybody because everybody's different and different sounds are going to affect people differently. Personally, for me, I love the physical vibration, but you know, it depends. I don't know if somebody put that on you without the rubber ball at the end of it. Sometimes they put a rubber ball on the handle. And so it softens the intensity of the touch. And uh, if there's no rubber ball, it can be a little bit more intense. Yeah. Everybody's different and everyone's going to respond differently. Have you ever had anybody that just really didn't like your sound healing or told you that they weren't able to receive or that they didn't feel good from it. Has that ever happened to you? No, nobody's ever gone that far. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Doesn't mean that I haven't had people feel that they just maybe were like, Oh, I just will not bum her day out and tell her that that sucked super bad. Um, but I've definitely had people tell me that some instruments were challenging for them and that's fair. Yeah, I've definitely, because I feel the same way. I've gotten sound healings from other people where I was like, when are they going to stop with that one instrument? That one's not, it's hitting me the wrong way. And then you've just recently started adding your voice to your healings. Can you tell us a little bit about that and why you do that? And is there a different effect of voice versus instruments? If you can harness the vocal well, it is the most potent of all the instruments. 
all of them. There's just so much more warmth and spirit and uh, soul, you know, in the voice. You can't mimic that through any instrument. I have a spirit in me. I have a a soul who's been through so many experiences and journeys and healings in myself. And that carries through my voice. So when I say intention, that the practitioner is the one that's holding it. Like I could play the same instrument and hand it over to somebody else who has just an icky energy. And that instrument's going to feel and play totally differently because they're injecting their personal vibration into it, you know? So now the purest form of that is our voice, you know, no instruments. This is just a tone that is coming from my own channel. It doesn't mean you have to be a perfect singer and it doesn't mean you have to be really technical, but there is something said for people who use the voice, who tap into some sort of universal current of healing. It bypasses needing to be a Mariah Carey or whatever. It's it's like a, an energy that you carry on the voice. And by tapping into it, you almost automatically start singing better. You sing more on key or like within certain tones, or you bring a certain element within that, your vocal range that is unique and special. And um, a lot of people are practicing this now with light language, you know, just channeling sounds. They don't have to be technically a great singer, but there's like, it's like tapping into that instinctual urge to undulate your vocal tones in a certain way, you know, that comes with singing. So if you have somebody holding the energy and the intention correct in singing, I believe there is no better sound healing tool than the voice. Okay. Now what if you're just in a shit mood? <laughs> like you're, <laughs> you're, you know, you were saying how it, it depends on if somebody has negative energy, the instrument's going to sound a lot different. Mm -hmm. How do you monitor your own mood or, you know, the, you know, where you personally, the place where you personally are in that moment so that you're, that's not reflected in your offering. And so that you, you know, like if you're just having a bad day, but you're putting on a sound healing, how do you make sure that you're in high enough frequency to be able to offer a high frequency healing? That is a great question because I actually have been through this struggle because a lot of times when I'm holding space, especially for a lot of people, I get nervous, you know, and, and not only that, but my setup for anybody who's actually been to one of my sound baths, you know, I have speakers, I have a mixing board, I have chords, I have things patched in and then I'm one person. So as I'm moving through all these instruments, sometimes I have to adjust things. I got to move things. I change the microphone, turn this down, turn this up. There's a lot of technical aspects that come in with that and it can make me anxious. And I don't want to screw it up because this is my time to give you this hour of this journey. And the last thing I want is a big scratchy feedback or an instrument that's too loud or, you know, it's all these things. And so when I first started doing that and working with sound in that way, I would be worried that my anxiousness or my nervousness or my worry or my preoccupation with what's happening would be infecting the sound. Right. So I found myself always like once I got the instrument going and I knew everything was good to really very quickly, like ground in, be centered, be present with what I was doing. So it takes a great deal of exercise on my part, but I would still always feel some way about it until I would talk to somebody and they'd be like, oh my gosh, that one song or this or that. And I had this amazing experience and all these things. And I'd be secretly like, oh really? Because I was losing my shit when I was singing <laughs> that song. I was like ah. so worried it sucked, you know? And then it'd be like, no, it doesn't. And then my spirit guides informed me. They're like, you come in. And this is where I mean intention. 
you come in with such a strong container and such a strong intention. You have already set the tone. You've already programmed what this experience is going to be before it has even started. It's already written in the ethers. It's as good as done. And not only that, but I come in with such like a team, you know, my guide system. Mm -hmm. I'm working with everybody else's guide system. There's such a strong container that's held that just by being part of it, you're already getting the experience. You know, you're already you're already in the field of healing. So it's beyond just the actual moment of playing the music. It's the preparation. It's the closing. It's like the planning I made three months before I had even set up the whole thing and everything that I was thinking leading up to it. You know, it's, it's, it's like this whole huge, big process. It's like you have spiritual roadies. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> so if you out there have never experienced a sound healing, let me walk you through it a little bit. You go in, usually you just get comfortable. Usually people are lying flat on the ground and you can use props. Um, a lot of sound healing, if it's done in a yoga studio, there will be rolls and blankets and things available for you so that you can find a comfortable position. And you pretty much just lay there and receive. And it's amazing for me personally, if I'm, you know, at a, what I consider a good sound healing. And for me, that is one that is in alignment with my own personal vibrational frequency, where I'm able to fully let go and enjoy each instrument takes me on a different journey. Some instruments really ground me. Others really center me. Um, I will feel it in different chakras. I will have different shifts and feel releases in my body or, or emotional releases. And I tend to have really strong visuals during a sound healing. Healing. And usually after a good sound healing, I will feel relaxed, but rejuvenated at the same time. It's almost like purified or cleansed, very imbalanced and very light, but also at the same time, very present. So Jude, I'm curious for somebody that's looking to go to a sound healing, you know, it's hard to know again, if somebody is going to be in alignment with you personally, your vibrational frequency, if someone is going to be using certain instruments that you like and, and enjoy and can align with, do you have any advice for someone on how to choose their sound healing, how to pick the practitioner other than, than word of mouth? Is, is there any way to gauge that at all? I mean, that's tapping into that intuition and that inner call. Now I have gone beyond sound healing. I have gone to other healing practitioners that I have found were not the medicine that I needed, but I also feel like that served a purpose because that gave me a sensitivity to feeling and understanding what works for me and whatnot. And, some, and sometimes you have to experience the thing that is not great to know that you're never going to do that again. So it's part of the process. There's no way for us to avoid a bad experience if we're meant to have it. And maybe there's something to be gained from that, but your intuition is definitely going to tell you first and foremost, you're either just going to catch a vibe or something in the energy of the poster, or the flyer, or the picture of the practitioner or the wording. I don't know what it is, but it might call you in. Um, I say that you could be next to somebody who have the most profound life-changing experience. And the other person being like, that was whack. Not everybody's going to think it sucked and not everybody's going to think it was the most amazing thing. There's different healers and different teachers for different people who are at different levels. You know, I know that my healing, how I work with energy is not necessarily gentle. I'm pretty direct. Okay. And that kind of medicine is not for everybody. Some people need a very soft, gentle, slow integration into their healing they really need that kind of medicine. I'm not going to be a great healer 
or teacher or guide for somebody like that. I work well with people who are a little bit more intense, a little bit ready to like dive in and get things done. That type of group of people really work well with me. And then there's some people who really want that like sort of shamanic suffering and they want that intensity and they like the pain and they like to go through these things. And that's not for me, but there are people who just love that. You know, I have people who love gongs. I have people who hate gongs. There are certain sound baths that are just gongs, 30 gongs, gongs all day long. Do you want to listen to <laughs> gongs all day long? It's really up to you. Do you love gongs? I love gongs. I freaking love gongs. But, you know, how they're played and what type of gongs they are can have an impact. You know, do you want to listen to crystal singing bowls for an hour? You know, maybe not. You know, I love crystal singing bowls, but I don't want to listen to them for an hour. You know, <laughs> like I want to listen to them for you know, a few minutes, you, you know, and that's why my sound baths are very, I jump around to a lot of instruments because I think any one instrument, in yeah. my opinion, is too much if it's all the time. You got to break it up. But there are sound healers who will play crystal singing bowls for a half hour straight. Wow. You know, it, it's very intense crystal singing bowls. They're really great, but there's also too much, you know? So yeah, I gotta just intuitively feel into what is called to you. The general consensus is if you're going to be using some really intense sound healing instruments like gongs or crystal singing bowls, you don't really want to listen to that for more than 20 minutes straight. That's probably like ideal. Um, but if you're breaking it up and there's pauses in between and you're moving through different instruments, you could do a half hour, you could do an hour, you could do an hour and a half. In my sound healing, if I'm going to use some of the more intense instruments like the crystal singing bowls or gongs, I do them for very short little spurts because those are the instruments that not everybody can handle. Certain people love them and certain people it's too intense and you don't want to put anybody through something that might possibly be too intense for them for too long. So I would just take testimonials, use your intuition, try it out. And if it sucked, don't ever go back to that again or something like it, you know? that's just the way it works. I think. Yeah. I love what you said about getting to know yourself and what works for you and what doesn't work for you. We have a beach gong session here that happens on the beach and it's a super beautiful offering. It's got this wonderful sense of community and people that own gongs take their gongs out and they play. And I have a lot of friends that go and love it. For me personally, that would be a nightmare for me because if it's not choreographed, if there's not flow and continuity, it's just going to be like fingernails on the chalkboard for me personally, like somebody just jumping in with a gong. And this is why I personally resonate with your type of offering is because it's very melodious and it flows. And like when I expect that C to come in, that C comes in and it just makes sense for me. And for me, I feel like it takes me on a journey and then it returns me back where not all sound healings are like that. And I'm sure that not all people require that. Just like I said, I have lots of friends that go to this beach gong and just love it. And it's amazing. And like, it sounds like such a beautiful thing, but I know myself and I would be uncomfortable there and it wouldn't be what I needed. So I think a lot of choosing the right type of sound healing for you is going to unfortunately be trial and error and doing that. But another thing is just like in the breath work, how there are parts of it that are uncomfortable. A lot of times it's necessary. And what I like about yours is that if you're playing the gong and I'm like, ugh, 
you know, then something lovely will come in a different instrument that kind of balances that out. But I will feel like that gong was necessary. Like it shifted something in me that may have at the time felt a little uncomfortable, but then it doesn't last too long that it starts becoming annoying. If that makes sense. I love how yours flows, you know, and it just makes sense musically to me. Thank you. I'm very thoughtful about that because, you know, it's different when I'm working on somebody individually and when I'm working with the group. With the group, it's like, oh, there's a lot of different people with different interests. And I have to formulate those sound baths a little bit differently because that's the truth of it. Some parts of it are not going to be as pleasant to some people as others. And I do like to take people through a journey because it's so much in my nature of, I want to take you to that very high blissful light, but I want you to dig deep and look at that shadowy aspect too. But I love how you mentioned about how I bring it all back home. Like I always, that's always very important to me. I pick the songs and I choose the instruments in a specific sequence to make sure that not only am I taking you out to go have a transcendental experience and dive deep into some shadowy darkness, but I'm going to bring you back into this very comfortable, like nurturing right at home kind of feeling by the time we get to the end, or at least that's my intention. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't you get certified as a sound healer, but you did this after you had already been doing this for a while. So I'm curious if you felt that that was necessary for people out there that may be considering doing this or for people that are looking for someone to receive a sound healing from is a certification important. Do you think? Yes, I did take a proper course, but it wasn't for the certification. It wasn't for any of that. And at the end of the day, I was like, I don't need that. I don't need the piece of paper to prove that I know what I'm doing. And and if you don't need a piece of paper to prove that you know how to work with sound, then that's fine. I do respect, though, that there are certain schools of sound that are incredibly thorough. I learned so much by taking a proper certification course and the wealth of knowledge. It, I mean, there's just so many things that I realized that I didn't know, like the science behind sound and some of the studies and some of the research that had been done and kind of having all of that information really helped kind of amplify what I was already doing. But if anything, it already proved that I already knew what I was doing mm -hmm. uh, based from my own intuition. If anything, it was validation. But yes, I do think those courses are valuable. And I do think that they are a great way for people to start in and get in and, and feel confident about working with sound because they have a greater understanding of how it works. I absolutely recommend it. But do you need that to work with sound? No, but it definitely helps. All right. Do you go to sound baths and sound healings? Do you receive that? And if so, what are your experiences in receiving from it? I love going to sound baths, but I don't get to do them very often. I'm that person for some weird reason that always hears about it after it's happened. Like, they'll be like, oh, I just went to the sound bath, you know, on the West side. And I'll be like, what? Like, where, where are you hearing about these? Like, where's the sign up list? Like, let me in on this. Like I give sound baths all the time. I was like, there's other sound baths happening. Like if it is available and I can go a hundred percent, if I can do it, I will be there. I love it. And I don't care if it's potentially bad or good, because if it's bad, I just won't ever come back again. <laughs> you know, but I love to receive. I love to somebody else to hold the container for me to use sound for my own journeying. Yes, I love it. 
I am a very visual person. It's like a shamanic drum journey. You know, if you've ever done a shamanic drum journey where yeah. uh, they'll call in the directions and then they'll play the drum for 20 minutes and it's just the same boom, 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 boom for 20 minutes, nothing else. But there's something about that that just takes you on this journey and sound baths do the same thing. It's like a shamanic drum journey, but there's more variety of instruments and that yeah like a certain tone and instrument can totally change the direction of the experience I have a friend that does a shamanic drum journey and oh my gosh it's just magic and like I said before I am highly affected by sound and I have to try really hard to stay somewhat in my body and with her drumming that's you know I leave my body and I come back in and I'm violently kind of shaking and it takes me a while to be able to calm myself down physically it can be really really profound and I've asked her how do you drum for so long and she's like oh it's spirit I'm just channeling spirit you know because I worry about her little arms you know because she's just drumming for you know half hour <laughs> solid but um so unlike you I have had I mean I've gone to sound healings that were good and great and okay. And some that were not so good. And I'm just like, oh, I'm never going to go again. But I have actually gone to one that was, and, and I joke around and say that I was felt vibrationally assaulted, but I truly did. And there were four of us that went and we got in the car and three of us said, holy shit, I feel terrible. Like we felt physically ill. And, and it was one of those things where during the whole thing, I wanted to get up and run and leave. So when something like this happens, how do you, as a, as a sound healer, how do you suggest we heal from that or realign or balance or clear? Do you have a oh, suggestion? Yeah. Oh well, yeah. What? Tell I, me. I can speak to that because, and I, as you're saying this, I was like, oh, I know why this doesn't happen to me because I have such a strong radar for bad sound. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and let, let's just speak of just music in general. You know, I've been to concerts of artists, you know, that I was like, oh, this is a famous person and I get to see them live. Let me tell you what, when you're listening to somebody live and it's not this polished edited studio version, and you're actually hearing the soul of this person come through the music that was so eye-opening for me. And I've been in a couple occasions, not many, where I was running, you couldn't get me out of there fast enough because wow. I could feel all the distortions of said person singing through this music. Oh my gosh. It, it makes me cringe and want to throw up almost a little bit thinking about it. And I just was like horrified that so many people were listening to this or seduced by this like super polished, edited studio version of these songs and then going to be with this person live. Uh, oh my gosh. I was like, this is sad that nobody can see what's happening here. It was awful. And it was, yeah, uh, uh, violating. And it just, it sort of like took all of your alignment and just scratched it and crumpled it and threw it all over the place. And the only thing that I have found in situations like that is, uh, to do a meditation and to move through each chakra and do a, a mm. chakra clearing and alignment one by one root sacral moving up. And that's the only thing that will put you back that. And, and it's the only thing that's worked for me. And there's been at least a few occasions where I had uh, unintentionally found myself in a musical situation that I was not appreciating the, the players of instruments and singers. So I, already have this super sensitivity. And I think I almost have this radar to just avoid anything that might be off. Now, having said that I have had people offer 
sound baths, you know, oh, there's a sound bath. And I felt not, you know, and I didn't look into it any more than that. I just was like, mm, something's telling me I don't want to be there. Uh, so, yeah. Well, I like that suggestion. That's exactly what I did as I came home and I actually used my tuning forks and went through each of my chakras and tried to calm them down and realign them and heal them and get back into some sort oh, of Oh, because it's a full, like being immersed in sound like that is a full system experience. That's totally. not like, it's not going to just botch your crown chakra. It's going through everything. That's why it's such an intense responsibility that people hold with music. And I think that there's not enough emphasis put on that. It, it's almost, it's maddening to me, actually, especially with like all the different types of music and the stuff, you know, especially the popular music that's out and some of the stuff that these people are singing about and the energy that they're harnessing and people going to these concerts. And, oh, it's like, it, it, I literally feel like I want to vomit when I think about it or see it. It's like the most sort of just icky yucky energy. And, um, it really speaks to where these people are at the people who are listening to that kind of music and loving it and into it. Like they have to be in alignment with that vibration in order to harness it and hold right. it and be with it. Right. So <laughs> it's like, yeah. but then there's, uh, you know, other musicians that aren't quote unquote sound healers, but man, they hold such a beauty in them. And, and, when they sing and they, and they bring those songs to us and they might be popular songs on the radio or whatever, but there's a vibration, there's a soulfulness, an elevated code within their expression in that song that brings healing. And it doesn't even have to be a song about healing. They're just incredible, you know, channels of this like higher vibration. So you don't have to technically be a sound healer to get healing from music. And, and just like you were saying, where you had gone to a concert and heard someone live and how the quality was terrible and the energy was bad coming through. I've been to concerts where the the sound quality was terrible and the the singer wasn't even particularly singing well, but the energy that was coming through was delicious, you know, and, and amazing. When I, mm -hmm. when I was living in Colorado, I actually saw James Taylor play years and years ago and he played in the ice skating rink. So it was a little tiny venue and he had a terrible cold, like, he was just a snotty mess and he sounded like crap, but it was such a good concert because he really couldn't depend on the quality of his voice. It had to all be the energy that he put out and the intention. And, and mm -hmm. it was an amazing concert. Amazing. So it could go both ways. Like you said, it's not always the quality of the sound. A lot of times it's the connection with spirit, the intention and the energy that's coming through it. Well, Jude, this has been amazing so good to hear all of your opinions and, and your insight. Is there anything that you want to share that we haven't talked about? Okay. Well, before we go, just to give you an, a little example of a couple instruments, I'm going to just play and I want you to see what you feel just to give you guys out there who've never been to a sound bath or sound healing, just a little taste of what different instruments can make you feel like. So when you're listening to this, I invite you to sort of close your eyes and just take in the sound and see what comes up for you. See if it makes any feelings in your energy, if emotions come up, if you feel things in your physical body, if you see different imagery or it reminds you of certain different things. I'm going to play a few different instruments and let's see what you get off of that.
So the instruments that I just played for you were called a monochord, which is essentially a stringed instrument, much like a guitar, but it has many strings that are all tuned to one chord. So it's a high A, a low A, and then a perfect fifth of A and E together. The second instrument were crystal singing pyramids. So I was playing two pyramids, one at a D note and one at an A, also in a perfect fifth harmony. Crystal singing pyramids are melted down quartz crystal and each side of the pyramid is not exactly the same. So it creates a subtle difference between the tones of the different sides of the pyramid. So it's very interesting to the ear. The third instrument was tuning forks. And I also did those in a perfect fifth. I used a C tuning fork and a G tuning fork. The next instrument was the Koshi chimes. Koshi chimes are like a little bamboo tube with little metal wands in the inside that get rung by a glass pendulum in the inside. And they're very soothing and come in multiple tunings. That tuning was what Koshi calls the earth scale. And the final instrument was a crystal singing bowl in the tune of F sharp, which would be the high heart. So there's a sample of some of the sound healing instruments that I might use during a sound bath and in an actual live sound healing experience. You know, it's many layers of many instruments and meditation and an intention. And I highly recommend it. If any of you out there have the ability to go to a live sound bath in your area to try it out. I highly recommend it as just for maintenance, even if it's something that you can do every once in a while, every month, every few months. It's a really great way to just sort of allow your system to open up and set the intention to allow some energies to clean and clear off through these different vibrations and sounds. And I highly recommend getting a sound healing from Judea if you have a chance. And Jude, how, how can people possibly do that other than at our retreats? And we still have a handful of openings um, still available for our retreat in the Midwest in October, and Jude will be offering a sound healing during that. But how can people know ahead of time if you're going to be offering a sound healing and where that would be? You know, living on Kauai, you're probably got a better chance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been incredibly busy and I haven't been able to offer as many sound baths, but that's pretty much until the end of 2022, 2023. I hope to be offering more sound baths because I've opened up my schedule more for things like this. Other than that, I do plan on traveling and I hope to be bringing a sound bath at the very least because I'm not going to be able to be doing a lot of in-person one-on-one sessions, but I will be able to offer a sound bath for everybody and anybody who wants to come see me. And I will be going to various cities. I know that I'll be going to New York City. I will definitely be in California, potentially SoCal, Chicago. I'm thinking about Asheville, North Carolina, Miami, Sedona, Arizona, you know, up in Oregon. There's all these places that are on the table. So if you're from any of those areas or want me to come to your area and you have a facility and you have a space that is so set up for me to come do a sound bath, send me a message and let me know about it. Send me a link to the space. And uh, if there's enough of a draw for me to go there, I'll go there and do a sound bath. Um, other than that, yeah, just signed up for my newsletter on my website or follow my Instagram. 
just a reminder that we are taking listener submissions of any paranormal stories. And you can go onto our website, spiritspeakerspodcast.com, and there will be a place for you to enter your audio file into and submit it. And perhaps we'll pick it for the show. And if it's picked for the show, then we will, you'll get to hear Patty or my opinion about your story any and all information on how to submit and the protocols for that will be on the website as well. Yes. And you're welcome to say your name. If you want to introduce yourself, you're welcome to do it incognito. Yes. And we want to thank you all for listening to our podcast. It's been such a a wild and wonderful ride. And thank you for all of the wonderful comments that we've gotten, especially lately. And for the donations, we have a donation button on spiritspeakers.com. If you're feeling like giving a little bit, it just helps us pay for the cost to keep this going. And then we also wanted to let you know that we still have a handful of openings for our Midwest retreat, which will be in Knoxville, Illinois. And that's going to be the first week of October, October 7th through the 9th. And there's information on Spirit Speakers podcast there. It's called the Interconnection Retreat. We're doing that, hosting that along with Catherine Storsback, who was our guest on our Ayurveda episode, and she's going to be sharing that. So it's going to be a really fun retreat. Jude's going to be doing sound healing. She and I are going to be doing some chakra balancing and meditation. Catherine's going to be doing Ayurveda, and then I'm going to be doing manifesting, and we're going to be doing a spell, a manifestation spell, and we're going to have a bonfire and delicious food, and it's going to be outside at this 22-acre private property with rolling hills and timber and a creek and a little pond and we think it's going to be super fun and magical so if you're able to swing that we would love to have you join us yeah super looking forward to that and yeah thank you once again everybody for supporting us and dropping those donations so we can keep this podcast ad free until next time aloha and take care